Welcome to HR Edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today's episode is with Adam Seabrook, the co-founder of Better Team. Uh, thanks so much for joining the B2B Nation, Adam. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, super excited. A fantastic episode all about job recruiting and finding the perfect candidate. But first, Adam, I want to I wanna hear a little bit more about your background and about Better Team. Cool. So, uh, yeah, so I quit school in 1996 and when I was 16, started my first uh, internet company. It was just a small ISP at the time. Um, bounced around a few different jobs in, in the IT industry. And then in 2006, I ended up um, working as an external recruiter for a recruitment agency. And from there, I uh, started recruiting for companies like Google uh, and Atlassian, all in Sydney. Uh, Google have quite a large office here with um, Google Maps. is actually an Australian product. A lot of people don't realize. And um, yeah, it kept going up for a while. And around November 2015, uh, started to um, think more about, you know, how can applicant tracking systems be made better, uh, specifically for small businesses. Uh, and that's how... Better team started, so we started building it in November 2015. Got 14 staff now. Uh, it's currently in private beta, and we're expecting to launch in June. Fantastic. Well, I mean, uh, Adam, is there a secret to sort of writing an amazing job ad that attracts perfect candidates? It sort of sounds like you know you've seen uh, everywhere. You know, as you said, from Google to Atlassian. So you, you sort of run the gambit. You sort of you know, obviously know the space. Um, is there sort of a secret out there that uh, you can reveal to us today? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So certainly one of the um, one of the biggest uh, levers you can use to get better candidates into your application flow is writing a better job ad. Um, job ads are something that people don't do very well. Um, most people get a job description which describes a job uh, confused with a job ad. So a job ad sells a job. Job description describes the job. So if you post a job description as a job ad, it's very boring, it's very clinical, it doesn't really spark any emotion uh, in getting people to apply. So um, I have a bit of a formula I use when I'm writing them. So I, you know, I have a decent overview about, um, you know, just as a quick intro, then I go into something about the company, I talk about the role, and then I actually introduce individual team members in the job ad. Hmm. Um, then I actually go into a bit and it's like, you know, I call it the about you section. So, and I actually call it that. So it's about you. And we're trying to describe the perfect candidate, but putting it specifically in their words. Um, then going into a bunch of bullet points about, you know, why should you apply? And this is where you can really lay some hooks in about what's this role about? Why is it different? Uh, and then some quick instructions about how to apply. Uh, so that's the the overall format I use. Um, I always recommend to people, don't be afraid about going long form, like a, a long job ad. People will actually slow down and read them. Whereas if you're flying through hundreds of job ads and it's just, you know, 10 bullet points and nothing really interesting in there, people go past. Um, certainly recommend using images if the job board allows. Uh, images can be great. I was going to say, I mean, when I hear the word ad, I immediately sort of, you know, think of a TV ad or a picture ad, but it sounds like you, for the most part, most job ads today, right, are written ads. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, people... There is all this employer branding. Uh, so a company like Coca-Cola might actually start putting together videos and and promoting into specific areas. Uh, in Australia, for example, we have the mining companies here because there's been a big mining boom. So the mining companies actually do TV ads trying to get more staff for some of their companies because that's how critical it is for them to hire. 
So yeah, so, it's a, so there, there is a difference between a description and a job ad, you know. So people really get those two confused and then wonder why no one's applying to their, you know, fairly generic looking job description. What are the, I mean, do you, do you sort of have statistics, Adam? Is there sort of a, is it like a, is it twice as effective to sort of post this, you know, as you mentioned, longer form ad as opposed to a generic, you know, paragraph description? How, how are, sort of what's the, I guess, the evidence base uh, behind this? Yeah, so one that we did recently uh, for a, um, for a client, they're looking to hire product managers. So they're a uh, startup company. So a product manager basically owns the product, decides which features get built. Uh, they'd put their own ads out. Uh, they have a very good brand uh, in the market, but the ads that they'd written were basically job descriptions, um, nothing really in there to hook a candidate. Uh, so I rewrote it, put it back out. Uh, so we ended up getting about 150 candidates have applied to wow. that job in the past three weeks. Uh, they got about eight with their job. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and it's not just getting volume, it's about quality as well. So people do get a bit focused on, hey, I've got thousands of applications. That's not necessarily a good thing. It means you've thrown the net a little wide. So, yeah, be specific. Uh, but, yeah, 150 product managers, uh, and this was for a role in Sydney. That's pretty much the entire product management market here. So, Adam, I'm curious too. I mean, obviously your background, you said you've worked with large enterprise companies, and it sounds like you guys are sort of now trying to focus a little bit more on small businesses. Um, is there sort of a large, is there, I guess, a difference in the way that these, you know, size companies are, are targeting folks or sort of a well-written job ad going to work across the board? It works across the board. So in terms of an example, uh, we, we have a client who... Uh, they run an auto body shop in Montana and they've been trying to hire a manager for one of their uh, areas and it's costing them a lot of money not having a manager there. And the manager is the person that when you go in with your car and it's had an accident, the manager is the one who provides the estimate of how much it costs to fix. So if they don't do their job well, um, you won't get much business or you'll be under quoting and costing yourself money. So um, obviously it's a, they're in a small town in Montana. It's really hard for them to hire there. Uh, there's, three or four competitors. They can't really hire everyone from their competitors. So they've been advertising in other cities, um, posting on Craigslist. Um, you know, and for them, their job ads were, you know, very generic. There's not really anything in there um, that talked about why you should move there. So, so we sort of pulled it all apart and we actually jumped in and said, look, you know, why would someone want to move to this city? You know, and they actually said, well, it's close to the Rocky Mountains. Uh, there's a you know, Glacier National Park, lots of outdoor recreation opportunities. And so we said, well, let's start putting those sorts of words in the actual job ad. So um, they've started adding that. So the actual, and an image as well. So the image at the top of the um, job ad now is someone fly fishing, you know, with a, you know, and that, that draws people in. Whereas before their photo was uh, sort of a very pixelated image of the manager, you know, that, yeah, uh, that so was, so was quite large. It's almost like you're thinking of this sort of as, it seems very similar to advertising. I have an advertising background. It sort of sounds like you're sort of reframing and restructuring the way that you think about advertising your position. It really is sort of becoming an advertisement. Exactly. And if you ask people why they've applied to your job ad, it will never be like, I applied because I noticed at the bottom that you said must be punctual and well presented. <laughs> like, that's it's so true. So yeah, no one, no one says that. And so that's the other question I ask is like, go and talk to your uh, employees, you know, and ask them why they work there. Yeah. And they'll say things like, oh, it's a family owned company. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like working in big corporate operations. Um, you know, and I so also put that in the job ad because that is a plus. That's the reason people decided to work for you. Um, 
if you're not sure what the positives should be, you can actually go out there on uh, a trick I use. So I get on Glassdoor, uh, which is a site that reviews um, lots of companies out there. And you can sort of dig through that and look at other people who are hiring similar jobs to you and see what sort of reviews that company has got uh, for people who work in that role and look for the negatives and try and spin those as a positive. So someone will say, oh, it's a big corporate company. It's not family owned. It's pretty uncaring. If you're a family owned company, you can say, oh, well, we're not that, you know, we're family owned. So let's put that as a positive. So, uh, and that's really what you've got to put in that section about, you know, about the company, you know, why do people love working here? You know, what's unique about it? Um, and it, even get into little details, like for, for this auto body shop manager, they're pretty proud about a specific paint system they use. Um, and, you know, I'm not an auto body shop uh, person. I wouldn't understand this, but they've got this specific paint system, which is something that they brag about. So I said, put that in the job ad as well. Well, Adam, too, I mean, this is a really sort of, I guess, interesting top of the funnel conversation, but I'm also curious sort of the downstream impact of, you know, these decisions and creating an amazing job ad. How important, though, would you say is it to streamline your candidate application and interview process? How does that sort of relate to developing these job ads at sort of the top of the funnel, if you will? Yeah, so you think, you know, right now you've just gone and written an amazing job ad. You've now got hundreds of candidates coming in. The process that you were using before for your badly written jobs that didn't get many candidates is going to fall apart. So uh, so streamlining the the process will also help you, you know, dig through the hundreds of applications and find those great candidates, uh, but also help you to get to office stage faster. So it's a very competitive market out there right now. So, you know, if you're if you're... Uh, you know, application process and the interview process is complex. You know, it'll it'll really hurt you. You can write a great job ad, but then if you throw someone into a six-page application form and they have to retype their entire resume, people will just abandon that and won't apply, especially the very good candidates. So, you know, I say sit down and, and go through your entire process from start to, to actual onboarding. So the day they start and rip out every single step that's not critical because in general, you'll find half the stuff people do during their interview and application process is completely unnecessary and redundant. Um, you know, multiple interviews with the same questions, um, you know, asked from the same people, it sort of becomes a bit of a waste of time. And all that does is slow you down and so you don't get to offer stages fast. So, you know, streamlining the application and interview process after I've solved the you know the job ad is probably two of the biggest things i used to do as an external recruiter um you know taking a battering ram to you know companies lovingly crafted 32 step individual process so so interesting and adam i'm curious too i mean how many companies out there would you say sort of have a streamlined process is it you know 50 percent? is it 10 percent uh, who out there is doing it well and uh, for those companies that aren't doing it well what's sort of the biggest challenge for them is it just you know the structure that they you know have persisted and have you know built into their company for the past however however long yeah, you'll find uh, if you actually go and ask the CEOs of, uh, of companies, there was actually a study that was done recently and that only 5% of CEOs think that their recruitment methodology is best in class, um, you know, which is a tiny, tiny number. Uh, often, you know, the, the interview process has become a certain way and no one can remember why. It might be a HR manager that's left or two or three ago that have left or, you know, people involved in the interview process that shouldn't be. So... Um, 
you know, there's there's the simple thing you can do is give one person ownership of the entire process from start to finish. So whether that's the hiring manager or the recruiter or the HR person and what they will do is because they're managing it from start to finish, they'll be able to identify where things are sort of slowing down and falling apart and, and make them responsible for, you know, and give them the authority to actually go in there and fix things. Um, obviously, you don't want to streamline your process so far that you can't tell the difference between an A-grade candidate and a C-grade candidate. But in general, a, you know, a phone interview, a practical test of some type, um, interviews with the team and then a final interview with the manager is enough for just about every role. Is that sort of four-step process, I mean, is that standard, would you say, for most companies out there? It's not. It's probably like Adam's view of the world. Um, as a, you know, as as an external recruiter, you know, I used to get paid a percentage of the of the base salary when I placed a candidate. So for me, getting a candidate to offer stage who was a great fit, who would stick around, you know, was my primary responsibility. So I used to get in there and take a chainsaw to the process. You know, skip interview steps, pretending I'd forgotten about it when I hadn't. Um, you know, so it's some companies go out there and. You know, their long interview process is sort of a badge of honor. Uh, Google used to be like that, uh, where it was nine months from start to finish and 12 interviews and um, they're asking 45-year-old candidates for their university transcripts. Um, that You know, they've changed. The market's a lot more competitive now and even though Google gets the entire industry apply, it's quite rare someone will go through that many steps now. So, um, Often you'll find uh, companies with very long and complex interview processes. It's usually because someone or most of the people there are paranoid about uh, mishiring, so want to you know spread the blame across as many people as possible in the company, you know, so that it's not just them that was involved in hiring this you know person that might turn out to be bad. Um, you know, so if you can take that risk away, people will be like, well, I'll be happy to take it down to a four-step interview process. Um, you know, my goal is first contact to offer in two weeks, which is really hard to do, even with four steps. Um, but if you sort of try and hit that, you'll be getting offers in front of candidates so far ahead of your competitors. You'll be you'll be winning by default. As this episode is sponsored by Technology Advice, I have to ask, uh, how can you use technology to scale and improve your hiring process? What are some of the best tools out there to look at and look for? Yeah, so one of the quickest ones I do is I uh, I sign up for a service called Calendly. So it's Calendly.com. Yeah. So yeah, so same thing you used when we were booking this uh, podcast. So uh, I use that and I recommend it to all of our clients uh, for the entire process. And what that allows, it allows the candidate to book the interviews themselves uh, without you having to play this game of phone tag. Uh, but it also allows them to reschedule the interviews. And you can do this if you plug it into every single person who's involved in the hiring process. It literally cuts down the number of emails uh, you know, that fly around. Um, it automatically sends. So last night I got an email uh, from Calendly reminding me that today, you know, we were having our um, our, our chat. So you know, that, that little email reminder is sort of save the abandonment rate. I used to have something like a 15 to 20% abandonment wow. rate on, on interviews because candidates have forgot because huh. uh, they often they can't put it in their calendar because you don't want your phone popping up in the middle of a meeting with, <laughs> you know, job interview with, with Adam for the role at Google, you know, that's because yeah. um, uh, it pops up on all your computers now. Absolutely. So, so something simple like that. Uh, so self-service of booking appointments, um, you know, there's a lot of technology out there now uh, that can help you do really decent video interviews. 
Um, you know, I certainly recommend that clients look towards that uh, if possible. Uh, it's a lot easier to do a video interview, you know, from home um, before they go to work than sort of take off half a day to attend an in-person interview and sort of make excuses about dental appointments and, you know, I'm sick again. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious when someone starts interviewing uh, because of that. Um, you know, technology is not, uh, not the, you know, the, the only way that will you'll be able to improve your um, ability to hire. It can certainly have a detrimental effect, um, as you've probably seen with LinkedIn, you know, where some people have got on there and realised, hey, I can email 10,000 people at once, um, you know, and, and you know, if you give someone that sort of power, uh, they you know, very quickly abuse it. And, you, you know, candidates in very high demand roles, are, um, you know, they're getting 10 to 20 uh, pitches a day, you know, even as a co-founder, I still get people asking me if I want to come and work in sales. So yeah, it's, uh, it's always interesting. So, um, yeah, so, so pick and choose your technology, um, you know, but you can do nearly everything manually these days. Um, you know, so, so don't, don't think that you need technology. Uh, a lot of people add things into their process that don't need to be there. Um, you know, and technology is cool, but it's, it's honestly at the end of the day, it's not the technology that helps you find that A grade candidate and hire them. It's it's generally, you know, a, a decent interview process. Yeah, that makes that makes so much sense. I love that. And I, I the Kelly example is so true. I am a huge, uh, huge fan of Kelly. They're sort of right up the street from us in Atlanta. And uh, I think it's really only a matter of time before either them or something very similar gets bought out by Google. It just makes sense that. Google would sort of have that sort of thing, you know, built in. It's such a helpful tool, uh, not only for podcasts or for interviews, but I think really for anyone who's communicating directly with someone uh, outside of their company, you know, trying to schedule calls or uh, really anything. So um, great, great example there, Adam. Um, well, I'm curious, uh, um, what are you sort of looking to the future? What, what are you, what's sort of exciting you in hiring over the next couple of years? Yes, I think there's a lot more interesting technology coming through. Uh, than, I mean, the applicant tracking system market has sort of been fairly stagnant for a long time. It's, you know, if you go back 10 years, um, it was still the same. You know, the candidates apply, they get chucked into a database, you, you respond to them and, you know, interesting things happen. Uh, I think there's some new technology coming through which allows um, these systems to understand your resume. So you know how often you have to fill in your entire resume again into an application form. The, the reason that people make you do that is because their system can't automatically extract your title and your start and finish dates and your skills and responsibilities from your resume. You know, there's, there's some pretty cool technology starting to get built in that space to the point where I think, you know, in the next year or so, it'll be possible for, you know, a uh, applicant tracking system to pull your resume apart and understand all the jobs you've had, all the skills you've had. Um, Having that level of understanding will also mean that you know, they'll be able to recommend jobs to you uh, that are much more applicable. Uh, so, you know, but as we were building better team, we went around and signed up to all of our competitors and every job board uh, just to see what jobs it would recommend to us as a candidate. So, you know, I signed up as a um, uh, a guest service agent at a as a at a hotel just to see what would happen and. <laughs> You know, I've specifically applied for the role in Chicago, put a resume through that made it look like I was in Chicago, and it's still recommending me for jobs in Cairo um, and all over the world. Um, it's also recommending me for jobs that have nothing to do with hospitality and tourism. Um, I think there was actually a truck driving role recommended. So, okay. Uh, 
yeah, I was like, great, you know, my, you know, so that sort of stuff. Candidates notice, and yeah. they just start to think you're a bit silly. So, um, and I think then that the final one will be sort of the uh, the rise of social as a as a hiring tool. I mean, LinkedIn, it's not really a social network; it's more like a giant resume database. Uh, but I think you know, as people start adding their titles and other information onto Facebook, which you know I'm starting to see now, you know, there'll be people using Facebook. Um, you know, to, to start looking for candidates and, and you know, posting jobs um, on their own sort of Facebook page, you know, for people that are fans of your company to apply to. Yeah, I love that. I, I definitely have started seeing that as well, Adam. Um, well, fantastic point there. Really, really interesting stuff uh, in the forefront. And uh, maybe we can do a follow-up episode in a couple months when some of those are a little more developed. Um, but uh, final question here, Adam, how can our listeners find out more about you and about Better Team? Yeah, so we've got to the, obviously, you can get to the website, betterteam.com. Uh, the uh, the full launch will be happening in June, uh, but we're, we're taking sign-ups now. So anyone signing up, we're having a chat with to get a better understanding of how they hire. Um, certainly happy to, um, to give anyone tips and, and tricks on, on how to do things better in their hiring process. So you can email me on adam at betterteam.com if you've uh, got any problems and, and are interested in sort of some of the stuff we've done in the past that can help. I love it. Well, uh, thank you so much, Adam, for joining me today. Uh, phenomenal interview and uh, really appreciate your time. Lovely. All right. Thank you. And to find out more about B2B Nation HR Edition, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Twitter. Thanks for listening.